This is the John Oakley Show podcast. All right, back into it. Before we get to the top of the hour and the news on the other side of the news, uh, we'll find out what's been doing with Toronto Transit and uh, how everything gets bollocksed when the cold snap hits. And uh, we'll touch on that and revisit some of the topics we've discussed in hours one and two. But uh, I wanted to read from the book of Revelations, let's call it, a couple of cases with uh, revelations, including Henry Horvath coming into information about uh, this draft legislation the Ford government's preparing to uh, reform health care. You know, I'm kind of curious, first of all, is it justified that she goes public with this stuff? Some people are saying, you know, uh, this was a confidential memo she should not have, and she's aiding and abetting some kind of a criminal activity here. Kevin, you want to weigh in? Uh, look, it's her job to be the leader of the opposition and to push the government, and I mean, I, we can argue about how well she's doing it, but I don't think there's any evidence that she was coercing or, or, or convincing people to commit crimes. I mean, I do think it's a failure on behalf of the bureaucracy. I do think they have they have a legal and a moral obligation to serve the government as public servants, the employees do. So the leak, I think, actually should have been prosecuted and taken care of. I'm glad to see that uh, that person was, was removed from working for the government. All right. Uh, on the other matter, though, of uh, this thing, the way it's being positioned, that it's a done deal and uh, the government's going ahead and they're going to upend uh, health care in the province by some private uh, service providers being, uh, you know, kind of uh, working in conjunction with the public service, or, you know, public health. Rocco Rossi, would you have a problem with that? Look, we have to look at the options that are in front of us because the single largest budget item uh, that we're faced with is is health, and it's the fastest growing, and quite frankly, with an aging population, um, if there are ways where those uh, with means can pay more, uh, then that could be one of the one of the ways that we square the circle. Because otherwise, we're going to be losing people out of the bottom end, not being able to deliver uh, health care to those in need. If there are those who who can afford to pay uh, a bit more, why is it that it's okay to take more in taxes, but not to ask on a user pay basis? Uh, for it if this is going to help the system. And again, um, let's look at the options. Let's have an open debate. Let's look at the pluses and minuses and see where that leads us. Okay, but Alyssa, you know, uh, and this is the case where it's been universality is sacrosanct. It's the third rail. Nobody touches that. So uh, to my mind, it seems like if the government's intent on doing this, even in, you know, a minor manifestation, it's about salesmanship or positioning or how they can communicate the message uh, to the broader public for acceptance. How would you counsel them in that regard? I mean, you're the PRN branding uh, guru here. Well, first of all, you have to be very, very careful, and you cannot mess this up. Not one iota. Healthcare is one of those sacrosanct things, and if you're going to change it, you better be careful how you message that you're going to change it. So if there, you know, we have had sort of this sub, you know, underground two-tier system anyways. You know, if you want to get something faster, some people do go and pay for it. So first of all, you have to take that part of what you're going to change and Do your market research, find out what your base thinks, find out what the general public thinks, and then create messaging that will sort of uh, mitigate it up to the middle. So don't go extreme. Don't change too much at the outset, but maybe phase things in, things that become, that make it more palatable, that make it easy to understand, and that show the benefit for all Ontarians. And the idea, too, that the system's broke 
it's unsustainable, and uh, there are people waiting in hallways on average 1,200 a day. If we can uh, absorb that message, some of us have lived it directly. It seems like it should be an easy enough sell. Uh, I actually think the public... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Kevin, go ahead. No, sorry. Let's go ahead. No, I was just going to say that, you know... But, Sometimes people understand that, but when you take something away that is uh, free or you have to make sure that you don't present it as a have or have not, and that some people become haves and those who can't afford to pay become have nots, that, that's a danger they have to worry about. I think the public are way ahead of politicians on this issue, that anyone who's touched the health care system, which is almost everybody, uh, recognize just how badly broken and how poorly serviced we are by the health care system. And and therefore, they're, they're willing to accept a bunch of change that's well-meaning that doesn't cost them more. Um, I mean, even just a minor example, you, you could be in the city of... I mean, you can't, do, you can't do this anywhere in Ontario. You cannot buy an MRI. You can cross the river and go into Quebec, and you can pay 700 bucks and get an MRI. I mean, I, I'm, I'm now waiting three weeks myself to get one. Uh, I mean, it, and it's, it's mind-boggling. Oh, well, we'll wait another three weeks, and we'll see how it goes before we even consider... And... We don't have a right to health care in Canada. We have a right to line up for health care right. here. And I think people are willing to see important change. And we still refer to it as a world-class system. Uh, yeah, as, as if comparing uh, our Canadian health care system only to the United States is the only comparator, which it isn't, because there's so many European models which work so much better than ours. And they're two-tier, too, uh, for all intents and purposes. Last question around the horn real fast. I know you've been concerned about DNA uh, and how these sites, you know, uh, 23andMe and whatever, uh, Ancestry, so on. We talked earlier before you arrived how the police are accessing some of these data banks with these DNA sites uh, around the horn. Rocco Rossi, if it helps solve crimes and even ID uh, the bodies of loved ones, is it necessarily a bad thing? No. Uh, You're I in mean, favor, then, of your I, data being handed over to the whatever. Look, I, I, I signed up for Ancestry.com and got, uh, got the report, uh, delighted uh, to know more about the history, and... Quite frankly, if I turn out to be an axe murderer, I want society to be able to track me down. Okay. Well, how about you, Alyssa? Well, I think I have to understand the permissions, and these things are tend to be very much buried into that, you know, that those pages and pages of things that you get that say, do you agree? Does anybody ever read that stuff? No. When do you read the emails that say blank uh, company has updated their privacy terms? Do you read those things? No. So you know what? If you're going to do something like that, which really should not be buried in that plethora of terms, it should be put up front and people should know what they're getting into. How about you, Kev? Finally, uh, DNA sites that uh, allow well, police I, I to access. I want to control my own data, and, and I'm part of the National Geographic uh, DNA project. <clears throat> Excuse me. So I think Alyssa, the problem with the, the, the story I saw was the He'll FBI. He'll be the cover boy next month. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> the Neanderthal edition. <laughs> Thanks. The, uh, the, the, I can't remember the name of the DNA site in the U.S. that the FBI has access to now, but um, uh, the problem in that instance Family was... Family tree, I think. Right. Uh, th the problem in that instance was that users had not given permission, and then it was unilaterally changed such that their DNA was given up. Right, and that takes us to Alyssa's point, which is if they're going to make issue. if they're going to make that kind of a change, they need to be pretty, very transparent, and probably should allow users the opportunity to have their DNA deleted before well, they just turn it over to the FBI. I would agree. People don't want to be blindsided, so uh, there's an issue of trust and good faith, and uh, that betrays all of that. Great discussion. Thank you all for coming in this Tuesday afternoon. Kevin Gaudet, Alyssa Freeman, and Rocco Rossi. And uh, we'll do it again next week.
Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio. 